All right, this morning I have something a little different for us. I, I believe it's more of a, just a short Bible study. Um, and today, I, and I, don't, I don't even know exactly who this is for, maybe for myself to give some more clarification. Uh, but this, the topic this morning that I felt like we should talk about is baptism. And uh, I, I, um, <clears throat> I haven't actually preached on this very often at all, maybe never. And uh, maybe just a few times kind of mentioned it, and uh, maybe that's not a good thing on my part. But anyway, I felt that's where the Lord would lead us this morning. And uh, so today, <clears throat> I want to ask us as we're getting started, does anybody, anybody want to tell us this morning what, what baptism would mean? What do you think? And, and, and I think we should, you know, in talking about this, obviously we're going to look at what God's Word says. What does it mean according to God's words? Anybody have any thoughts on it this morning before we get into it? <clears throat> does it mean that, uh, well, I mean, it could mean a couple of different things. There's a couple of different kinds of baptism in the Bible that it's talking about. But any, anybody want to mention anything on it? Cleansing? A cleaning? Washing away of your sins? Part of it. Yep. Anything else? Thoughts that come to mind? Dedicating yourself. Dedicating yourself? Good. Yeah. We're going to look. Anybody else? We're going to look at some scriptures today. Uh, help us see what baptism is and then what baptism is not. We'll look at that uh, briefly. Um, so I'll have some scriptures here for you if you want to write them down or turn to them. Either way. Anything else before we get started on this baptism? Yeah. Yep. Born again. Washed. Cleaned. Uh, what was it you said, Leona? Dedicated, yes. So, so that would be uh, saying I'm dedicating myself to Christ, right? Okay. What is baptism, according to now? Now, let me. So, according to the Bible, because baptism is a very uh, broad. If you just say what is baptism, actually, if you search it on Google, you're going to get a ton of opinions. And so that's why we need to focus on what God's Word says, just like in anything else. Um, it, it, there's distractions way on, on, on all kinds of sides on this. And uh, so that's the question. What is baptism according to God's word? Let's, let's take it there. Because if we do according to what someone or somebody or some group, uh, we could get off track here. And so it's the purpose for today is to look at God's word in this. All right. The first scripture that I have I want us to look at is... Matthew chapter 28. If you want to turn there this morning, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. <clears throat> now, this is Jesus before he is going back to heaven. He is uh, telling his, talking to his disciples one more time, and he's telling them uh, what to do. 
I want to also kind of preface this by saying that um, not only is baptism uh, got lots of (laughs) definitions and lots of different purposes in lots of different religions, um, but it is also, I I want us to understand this morning, I do not believe uh, that baptism is a cultural thing. Uh, some some might would would go that way, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that it is or or isn't. It's not some things that you we look at. They would be kind of tied to a culture, so white culture or Navajo culture or black culture or whatever it might be. This is not uh, this is not that way. This is something that comes from straight from Jesus. Okay, so I think that's important to note because. This is not something that somebody, you know, uh, somewhere along the line, their mom and dad thought it was a good idea and it was start. It's not like that. To me, that's important because it has nothing to do with culture like that. It's, it's strictly uh, Bible or from Jesus. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Uh, this is uh, New King James I'm raising today. And this is the last two verses of Matthew. Go, therefore. Let me back up to verse 18. Let's back up one verse. Let's go ahead and read that. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now remember here that Jesus had died on the cross. He had suffered and died, uh, the Bible tells us. And he went to the gates of hell, went into hell and got the keys of death. And he now tells his fast forward past history, his resurrection, and he's here on earth, that he tells his disciples before he goes, he says, I have all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. There's authority there, okay? Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So we see here that Jesus is telling these to go. So there's a command to to not just sit and hide the things that Jesus has done for us. There's a a command to go and to share that with others, right? This goes kind of along with you put your light you don't hide your light, right? You put the light up so that it can affect other, so that it can shine to other people. And that's once again, Jesus is saying, he says, go uh, into, um, unto, I'm sorry, go therefore to make disciples of all nations. And so he's all places in the earth, right? Teaching them, if you go down to verse 20, teaching them the things that, that we, God's truth, God's word, the things that we know uh, are true from God. Teach them those things. I believe this applies to us this morning. If, if the Lord has, has, has saved you and changed you and made you new in Him, and we have a life that has been radically changed, a life that is no more uh, conquered by sin and conquered by guilt and conquered by all those things, but has freedom from that. And we have the light of Jesus shining in our hearts and in our lives. We should be allowing that to affect other people. Shame on us if we have something that powerful and that good and we wouldn't share it with our family and friends. And so it should be coming from us and through us and affecting those around us. 
and teaching them the things that have changed us, the things that have made a difference in our life, the things that Jesus has done for us. And it says here, uh, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So there's our first scripture today that is a command from Jesus. That as we would, as we would uh, uh, allow Jesus to, to flow through us and shine through us and as it begins to impact the world around us, other people in our family, in our friends, that the, that the baptism... Uh, that baptizing them should happen. The second one I want to look at is an example in the early church. So this is past this time now. This is uh, Jesus goes back to heaven and he sends his uh, Holy Spirit, which as we know today is Jesus that is uh, not, in the, not in the human form, but in the spirit form that's able to live in us. And uh, let's go to Acts. And I, I will uh, give you a chance to ask a question this morning if there's a question after we look at these. If you have a question along these lines, I would be willing to take that question. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. This is after Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, not Jesus. This is after Peter had preached to lots of people. There's a big crowd of people as we understand it. And they asked him in verse 37, they said, uh, uh, it says they were when they heard this, when they heard Peter preaching Jesus and preaching what Jesus had done and what Jesus could do, it says that these people were cut to their heart. In other words, they, they were under conviction. They really, God began to speak to their heart. And they said, um, men and brethren, this is the end, of chap- the end of verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answers the question, In verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the for the promise to you is to you and your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. And so simply from this scripture, we see that the solution uh, for these uh, that are the 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 answer to the question when when these people asked Peter what shall we do this is not long after Jesus had went back the part where we just read he told them uh, what to do now they begin to do that they begin to tell others of what Jesus had done for them and the answer that Peter gives is is repent and be baptized so in other words to repent is to a a say to Jesus I'm sorry. These are the things that I have done wrong. We confess that sin. We repent of it. Say, I'm sorry of it. And then that forgiveness uh, comes into our heart and life. The heart of stone is removed, as Ezekiel says. And the the soft heart is there. A new heart, a new life in him and forgiveness is there. Peace enters the heart. And then he says, and be baptized. Now, we're going to talk about what that means, but that's the... That's the, so the first part, the repent part, is between us and God. The, the baptized part is a part between us and other people. It's saying uh, between us and the rest of the world that I've decided to follow Jesus. I, I, I've decided to follow him. I'm going to be part of, of what he wants me to be. 
Let's look at uh, one more scripture, though, before we get into that, what the three things that I have today, what it is. Uh, we have one more exa- example today by Jesus, and that is in Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verse uh, 21 and 22. This is Jesus um, where he was baptized. And the example that we have here is Jesus was baptized. And, uh, and, and so he was setting an example. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22 says here, when all the people were baptized, um, now let me, let me pause here for just a second and say this is, this is a time, as we understand it, they were on the, at a river um, or, a, or a, uh, the seashore or the lake there, whatever it was, and, and people were being baptized as they were turning from their sins and, and saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. And Jesus comes there. And uh, it says here, verse 21, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And the voice came out of, came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's two things I want you to take away from this example today. First one is, is that Jesus went and was baptized. He made a public statement before everybody that was there at that time and says, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to do what's right. He made that statement. The second thing I'd like you to notice in this is that when this happened, there was this voice from heaven and uh, this is recorded a couple different places. When God the Father in heaven said, I'm pleased with my son. Now, the reason that that's important is, is that God the Father would take the time to make a point this morning or at that time to say that he was pleased with what Jesus did. So what we take away from that or what I take away from that is, is this is something that pleases God. When someone is, 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 is willing before their family and before whoever and say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right. And they make that statement with the baptism. That is what God says he's pleased with. So that's, that's the first uh, three scriptures that I wanted to look at. Now I have three things that I feel like would help us to understand what baptism is. And we'll have a couple things that it is not to give us some clarification. The first one is, is that it demonstrates or shows that we are turning from the old life of sin to a new life in Christ. So we see that, remember the repentance? That's the asking for forgiveness. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong. And God's uh, gift of salvation enters our life and in our heart. Forgiveness happens. This is the new heart, the new life. Everything is made new in Christ. The way we talk changes. The way our mind is, 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 is thinking changes. The places that our feet go changes. The way our hands operate and do some things change. Our view on life and our future and family and all kinds of things changes. And it says then, um, and so we're, we're demonstrating that we are turning from the old way 
and turning to the new way, that the old things have passed away and all things have become new. The second thing is, is it shows a public identity in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And so the, the thought line here is, is that when Christ was, was here on this earth and he, and he died on the cross and he was buried and then he rose again, that it would be a symbol that we're going to be part of that, that we're, that we're believing in that, that our sins are, are, are dead, that we're dying to that, and that we're uh, you know, following that through with under, it would be the under the water or covered by the water and then the resurrection and new life. So it's a symbol of, of the old being washed away and coming back up with the new. Okay? That's the symbolism part of it there. The third thing is it shows or demonstrates a public joining to, now catch this, is not to a church, okay? I don't, I don't believe that. I, I think that's a false way to teach that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that statement and stand by it, uh, though some may disagree on that. But it shows a public joining to those who believe in Christ, Okay? That's the way it should be. Because at the time, the times that we have in the Bible, when baptisms happened, that we have examples uh, all through different places there in the New Testament, especially, it happened. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't make them a part of whatever church, right? It made them a part of the believers in Christ. And I will tell you that it meant something back then. Nowadays, if you, if you, if you stand up and say, you know what? I'm going with Jesus. I have been changed. Things are different now. There's a few people that might give you a hard time, but nothing like these guys. Back then, you might lose your property, you might lose your house, you might lose your life. And there was some serious, uh, because it was, it was, at that time, it wasn't the okay thing to do. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, approved by the government. It wasn't those kinds of things. And so uh, to, to, to make that statement was a for real commitment. And so in front of family, in front of whoever, right, making a public statement. Visually, this is a visual because, right, this is something that's happening where people can see typically. It doesn't have to be, the, doesn't have to, the whole world doesn't have to be there. But in front of whoever, right, we are, we are making a visual statement. In other words, we don't even have to say anything, but they will understand through that baptism that we've decided to go with Christ and we, uh, and what Jesus has done for us. Now, the few things that I have here, and, and there's probably more that we could look at, but some things that baptism is not. Baptism does not save us. Now, here again, this is, this is a, a, a differentiation between uh, some religions because there is religions, lots of them, that put, put their, their trust in ceremonies and in things that they do instead of in Jesus Christ, instead of, instead of His, his uh, grace and His forgiveness. And they put it in other things. So in other words, if I, if I do this and if I do this and if I do this, I'll be okay. But there's no, there's no heart change. There's no forgiveness. There's no, there's no uh, relationship with Jesus. 
And so um, it does not save us. The, uh, there's actually recorded places in Scripture, and I, I did not write these down, but uh, I can get them if you want them, uh, of, of people and families that were saved, that were changed, that the Holy Spirit was living and working in their life, and they had not been baptized. And so we have examples that show us to the contrary that you don't have to have it to be saved. But even if those examples were not there, we would know that to be true because Jesus tells us that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. There's no other way. We don't get there by, you know, making sure that we do this baptism at the right time and this the right way. And all. There's, it's not that way, okay? It's through, it's through believing him that he changes our heart, that gift of salvation comes through repentance and belief in him. Another thing that really helps me understand this today is the difference between fear and love. Uh, a God that says, I want to forgive you. If, you. if you confess your sins, I want to forgive you. I want to change your heart and life. And then the other side of one that says, if you don't get this done this way, and if you don't do it this way, you miss it. Do you see the fear that that begins to build in? It's more of a, a push in that direction instead of in the, the true you know, love and forgiveness that God offers. This is the way that God operates, okay? He doesn't operate in that side of, of beating people into uh, uh, submission to him. All right. <clears throat> the second thing is that I have that baptism is not, is it does not replace what Jesus did on the cross. And this goes right along with what we're just talking about, right? It doesn't, you, you, if you, if you don't, repent and you don't have forgiveness in your heart and life you can't go over here and be baptized and now everything's okay it doesn't happen that way okay it 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 doesn't replace it it actually uh complements it so you see remember the definition at the beginning is is it's something that demonstrates that we're going to be a part of, of, of Jesus and what he means. So it's something that says it's a, it's a public statement or a witness that says, this is what Jesus has done for me. Not, I'm doing this, I'm being baptized so that I can now be a Christian. You see the difference? And that is a very, very important difference because there is many, many groups that put a very, very high um, rating on baptism, and everybody's getting to heaven because they've been baptized. And that is wrong. That is not scriptural. That's backwards. And the Bible teaches that once, we're, uh, once we have repented, once we have been forgiven, that now we do that to complement that, to make that statement of this is what has happened. Okay? And I think it's very important that we understand that, that, uh, that difference. Because just like anything else that we would do, if, if we're living, and I've got a scripture that's going to touch on this here in a minute, but if we're living in a place where we feel like we're making it to heaven because we did certain things, we're in the wrong place. That's not right. You don't, you don't get to heaven because you put enough money in the offering plate. You don't get to heaven because you picked up enough hitchhikers. We don't get to heaven because... We helped this many hours or this many days. And those are good things. We don't get to heaven because whatever. 
I don't beat my wife anymore or whatever. whatever. I mean, that's, that's not what it is. We get to heaven because the, the gift that Jesus gives us through his, through his death on the cross is forgiveness. A heart that is changed. That is why we get to heaven. And so there is, I'll say this, I, I think I said this on Wednesday night to somebody I was talking to, but the devil doesn't care which way we miss it. He just doesn't want us to go the way. He, he, he's fine if you're, if, you're, if you're living in an area of, of darkness and deceit. He's fine if you're in a, in a place of, of thinking that you're making it to heaven because you, you, you did a few good things. You walked the right few things and dotted the right I's and crossed the right T's. He's okay with that. Because you're still missing it. But what he doesn't want is for someone to be uh, making it to heaven through a life that is changed. A life that has been forgiven and made new in Christ. As we mentioned somewhere else, I don't even remember if I mentioned it in the service or not, but after one person is changed, after this happens to one person, a whole cone of influence after them. You begin to see this person and this person and this person and this person that it, it, it affects their life down through the next many generations. One grandma says, this is the way I'm going and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus and do what's right. It affects a whole bunch of them. My grandpa and grandma were those people. Awful people. From what everybody says back in the day. Terrible and yet, my grandpa heard someone preaching on the radio and it changed his life. He gave his life to Christ. He didn't even know anything, not in church or nothing. And began to read and began to learn. And now my grandpa's 81 years old. Almost, I think he turns 81 here in a week. Or 82, I can't remember. But anyway, and a whole bunch of people now. His children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. And then all the fringe people, because some of those said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to follow in grandpa's footsteps and do the right thing. And now they're making their own cone of difference. So the devil doesn't like that to happen. The other thing um, I wanted to point out here that baptism is not. There, there's no scripture that shows us an example uh, that is done to babies or by those who do not have a choice. This is something that is done. And I may, let me clarify here because there's, there's people that were baptized when they're baby. Here again, you didn't have a choice, right? You was done. This is something. Baptism is something that someone chooses to say, I am going to, to um, serve Jesus. I'm going, I, I'm telling the rest of whoever around me that, that Jesus has forgiven me, that, that that has happened to me. There's nowhere in Scripture, to my knowledge, that it says anything about happening to anybody that does not have a choice. So small children, and here's another one, people that are dead, there's no nothing. And both of those happen. Uh, in this world currently as we speak. And so I, I just want to clarify that because that is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that kind of baptism. 
Because it's, here again, we're buying into something that we're, if we do that, we're hoping or praying or trusting or whatever that somehow this thing that we're doing for this person that's either dead or maybe a baby that doesn't have a clue that is somehow going to have an effect on their life. Now, we could get into a whole other dis- discussion, and that is dedications, uh, things that we would you know, give children to Christ or we would give someone over. It's, it, and, and I'm not talking about that in a negative light because those are good things. But what I am telling you today is, is we don't see it in Scripture where it says that if you baptize someone that has no clue what's going on, that it has any effect on their life or afterlife. Um, once again, it complements what Jesus did. It does not replace it. Remember that this morning. It doesn't, you don't get to heaven because you baptized four times or three times or whatever, or at this age, this age, and this age, or after you're dead. It doesn't, it doesn't replace. It complements. It, it, it sheds Knowledge and light to the world around you that Jesus has changed you. It demonstrates a cleaning. It demonstrates a cleaning, but does not clean. You've got to understand that this morning because there's so many tangents of, uh, around that, that are confused on this. According to God's word, it shows that we have been cleaned. It doesn't do the cleaning itself. Now, I just wanted to share those scriptures and share those thoughts. Uh, I'm going to read one more scripture to us out of Titus chapter 3. Because I I want to, like I said, I'm not even sure why, but this is the word that the Lord directed me today. Maybe there's some, some, uh, some confusion on it. Um. But as we understand it in God's word, and this is how I want to be on everything. I want to be according to God's word. Not some kind of outside of that. Not some kind of uh, fabrication that someone thinks about it. But I want to be aligned with his word. Nothing less and nothing more. Titus chapter 3. Let's see here. Verses, um, let's go ahead and uh, verse 1 down through verse 5. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey. This, uh, let me pause here again, I'm sorry. Uh, Paul talking to Titus now. He says, uh, he's teaching him. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready to give good, I'm sorry, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice or anger and envy, hateful and hating one another. So now he says, he says, remind people, let me just kind of paraphrase this, remind these people 
that they need to be obedient to those that God has allowed to be in their, uh, over them, their authority, right? And to be uh, ready for everything that's good, every work that's good, to speak evil of no one, to be peace, peaceable, gentle, and humble to all people. He says, Why? because we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived. So walking in darkness, uh, serving various lusts and pleasures. This means that we used to be in a way where we did whatever felt good, whatever we thought was right. Whatever we, um, you know, uh, made us happy in the moment, that's what we were serving. That was our God. That's what he's saying. Various lusts and pleasures, living in anger or malice and envy. This is a description of me, by the way, back in the day. Anger, envy, hateful, hating one another. An awful person to be around. Verse four. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared... Just think about this. This is the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. All of a sudden, God's love and his kindness penetrates that evil in darkness and appears in our life. Verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now the part I wanted us to take away from this is this verse, is this verse 5. This change happened in us. This, this thing happened when God appeared in our life. Not by the things of righteousness which we have done. This is important because what are things of righteousness? Good things that we did. Baptisms would fall underneath of that. Works of righteousness. Baptisms. Uh, a whole slew of good things. And he says, that is not how this happened. But he said, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration. So this is, this is the regeneration is something that is made new or regenerated. Uh, and he says, so through the washing would be the cleaning of being made new or regenerated and the renewing of his Holy Spirit, his spirit living in us. That's how it happens. It doesn't happen by anything any other way. And so just a simple, I guess simple, a few scriptures for you to go home and read, to think about, to pray about. That this and there's many more scriptures. If you if you uh, if you want to look them up without too much confusion, what I do because like I told you, if you Google, you can end up you can end up down in a rabbit trail you don't want to be on. So what I do when I need to find some scriptures that are that are aligned to what what God's word. If you're if you're googling or searching online, I recommend searching um, uh, if you do baptism or baptize, and then follow that by KJV. Not that, not that I think that it always has to be KJV, but what that does in, in searches is it narrows it all the way down. That pushes out any other like Mormon baptisms or Catholic baptisms. It weeds it way out down to God's Word. And so you'll find the scriptures that go along with that. If you want to study that and look that up, 
Um, so just just to recap real quickly, <clears throat> baptism is a is a a witness or a a an example or a statement to the rest of the people around us. I'm going with Christ. He's he has changed me. He has forgiven me, and I'm going with Him. That's what it is. Okay, and it's something that is not bad. There's some that maybe would 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 go on that side and say there is some I know that would push away from it because they said, well, on this side they're baptizing everybody, whether they're six months old or dead and integrate, they're baptizing everybody. We don't want nothing to do with that because, and then they kind of go on to say. But I also shared with you scriptures today that, that Jesus himself was baptized. God the Father said that it was good and that uh, he also commanded that it should be done in the church early on. The church of Jesus Christ. The, 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 the church uh, was practicing that early on. Any questions before we, before we go along these lines?